The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. I want to take this opportunity now to invite uh, Ruth and Mash. Now, uh, we have an extraordinary uh, a story of, of God's healing uh, that we're going to be looking at, uh, Ruth and Mash. Man, I'm just so excited to see you guys here uh, uh, this morning, and uh, thank you so much for your willingness to want to share uh, your story with the rest of the church. And so we're going to start where we usually start. What situation were you faced with? Uh, uh, what were we dealing with at this point? Um, we were dealing with serious sickness, uh-huh. and the situation looked very hopeless. Yeah, <laughs> there are those watching online. They're going to want to. So Mash was very, very sick, uh-huh. and it was really, really bad. So what happened? How did it start? What happened? Um, he got sick for like a couple of days. He was up and down. Then eventually, we went to the hospital. So he was admitted in hospital, then um, a few days in, he went into a coma, and uh, it got really bad. The doctors started telling me, you know, uh, he's not going to make it. Right. Yeah. And so uh, uh, I want to hear it from Mash's perspective as well, because when he shared the testimony with me, uh, it was quite interesting, the, the details, so... Uh, uh, Mesh, I know you said you guys went to the first doctor in Midrand. Yeah. Actually, it started on a Sunday. Yeah. Uh, the week of, um, of, of Friday. And I was. Friday. Yeah, that's the only, that's the only reference Zanzi. point for Mesh. Yeah. <laughs> this He's not Zanzi. a very religious guy. <laughs> National Friday, for those who don't know, is Heritage Day on the 24th of September, okay? <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> so on, on, on the Sunday, the 20th, I was taking a walk in the neighborhood. Um, you know, weight loss goals and all. And, uh, <laughs> and a guy was driving a Hyundai H1, you know, the Uber van type. And he just drove almost past me and then stopped the car. Then he looked a bit hysterical. Then he came to me. And he was pointing and shouting. And he says, do you believe in God? And I was a bit taken aback. Because uh, I didn't know what was going on. And then I thought, uh, worst case scenario, I think I can take this guy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, if if push comes to shove. <laughs> didn't get there. Um, thank God. And then he says, nothing's going to happen to you. Come on. <laughs> Thank you, and Jesus. He says, this, this time next year, you're going to be successful and you're going to buy me an expensive breakfast. And he said a whole bunch of other things. And he said, but do you believe in God? If you don't, I'm going to walk away. Then through the being shaken, I said yes. And then he started praying right there in the middle of Thank the street. You, I've Jesus. never met this guy. And then he said, let's take a picture. I've got his picture. And he sent me a couple wow. of verses. And he says... Just read these with your wife, type of thing, and then they're in touch. And then on the Tuesday is when I started getting feeling sick. Wow. And then I'm like, okay, Thursday's bright day. Let me let me hang on. 
hospital and I think you might have COVID. Your oxygen levels don't look right. He did a few tests. Then he wrote me a referral, took me, sent me to hospital. Then I went to, went to Morningside Medi Clinic. Then while we were there, they call you a PUI, person under investigation. And they had me in, uh, I guess, an isolation room type of thing. Then uh, the results came back, and then they said, you're positive. And they put me on light oxygen and some, some medications, a combination, cocktail of antibiotics, um, steroids and stuff. And the pressure was on my lungs because uh, the COVID had co-infection with pneumonia. Then a couple of days and I was getting better. And then I was actually, look, they were saying, we're going to discharge you soon. Then at some stage, I just stopped responding to the medication. Uh, then they rushed me to ICU, and they called the ICU doctor. Then he came and said, you don't look good, um, but I want to try and manage it outside of a ventilator, because a ventilator comes with its own challenges. I'm like, oh, okay, you're the, you're the expert. I'll, 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 I'll just follow your guidance. Then he came back after a couple of 10 minutes odd, and he said, there's no way out. You just condition is deteriorating so fast, we don't think we can contain it. Then I'm like, what's, what's your best advice? Says, your best chances are we put you on the ventilator and they'll give you some experimental drugs. But then they said they're not experimental in the sense of science, but more because they haven't been yet approved in South Africa. But it's actually the same drug they gave Donald Trump, so it's, it, it works. <laughs> <laughs> It works. <laughs> Donald Francis is the same drug. And one of my most traumatic moments through, through this process was then they said, for that, you've got to sign a waiver, ETC, ETC, uh, con consent and all. Uh, my wife is on her way. Can I see her? She'll be in less than 30 minutes. Can I see her? And can, can she deal with the paperwork? Because I was also a bit weak, well, I think, maybe from the drugs and... Uh, and the disease. Then just said, sorry, you don't have 30 minutes. Um, we have to do this now. Then went, um, okay. So you so said they literally had to hold your hand. Yeah, and support my hand while to sign. Yeah, yeah. And then they put me under. And then what happened? Um, then during that period, so before we get into that, that's, that's the good part. That's the juicy part. So from, from your perspective, we're going to try and get it from both your perspective because I think there is some, some very powerful lessons to learn from that. So now from your perspective, you know, what's going on? So I get the call that um, he's going into a coma. I asked the doctor, I can be there in 30 minutes, like he said. Then um, he said, we'll be done in an hour. So... I was going to Kempton Park, so I remember making a crazy U-turn in the freeway. 
to rush to the hospital. But then in that instant, you know, I started confessing. Something just happened in me. And I started saying confessions. Come on. I'm like, uh, I used all the teachings I've learned here at church to say, you know, God, you came so that we could have life and so that we could have it in abundance. Thank you, Jesus. And you provide healing for us. And I'm speaking healing over my husband. I am not going to become a widow over this situation you, because Jesus. your promises say you are with me and you will take care of me. So I continue to speak um, confessions all the way to the hospital. I did not entertain any negative thoughts because I knew that would have been my downfall. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. And so you get there to the hospital. So I get there. So I'm thinking, you know, they could have waited. So I get there, they're like, you know, we've already put him under. He was deteriorating so fast. You didn't have 30 minutes. If we had waited for you, uh, he would be dead by now. So the doctor told me, you realize what this means, right? You know, you've heard the stories. I'm sure you've done your research. You know, a ventilator is not good. So, and you know, you have like a, your husband is like a 6% chance of making it. So things are not looking good. Now, uh, Ruth is a woman of faith because at that point she said something very powerful that I think we should all grab a hold of. So while he's saying this to you. It's, I told him, okay, that's okay. You've got your statistics, but I'm going to hold on to that promise. It's going to be one of those few ones that's going to make it. Amen. So I, I did not share any of this negative news with anyone. I refused to, to, you know, to accept that report. I'm like, instantly that teaching about the negative report kicked in. Yeah. I'm like, this is that negative report, you know, that the spies brought back when they were saying, so I'm not going to take this negative report. I'm only going to speak positive things. So I did not even share this with anyone. I only told people after Mash had come home that, you know, the doctor had written him off. Yeah. The doctor told me, you know, start preparing your kids because things are not looking good. But mm -hmm. I did not for a moment um, accept that. So whenever I felt, you know, low or, you know, the, neg the, the devil comes with his yeah. ideas and suggestions, I would yeah. go back to the Bible. I would go back to Psalm um, 91. I would Thank go to Jesus. Isaiah 53 about the healing. So anytime I started getting doubts, I would run back to my Bible and, you know, encourage myself and continue, you know, believing his word and his promises. Amen. And that's what got me through. Man, that's powerful. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And at that point, now, I want you to hear this because this is powerful. The next segment is really powerful. It, what makes it even more powerful is that, you know, Mash is not your typical church guy. So... You know, he's not, he's not, you know, he's not into all, he, I mean, he, he, in fact, MASH is, his forte is maths, you know, so he's a science guy, I mean, he's, he's one of the best minds we have in the country, actuary, and so, but MASH saw a vision, now, you know, a scientific guy, when he brings a vision, a spiritual vision, you, you know, you better listen, okay, because he, he's not trying to impress you, so, so. During that time, what happened? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, this was, um, I think, after I was out of the coma. And it took them two days to take me out, give or take. Because uh, I wouldn't wake up type of thing. Yeah. I think, okay, just my timeline is not exactly 100% clear. Yeah. But I think it was after I was out of the coma. Was it still? Okay, yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> before after yeah yeah <laughs> then I, I to my I, I thought I was dreaming 
and it seemed there was a type of, a, I can call it a, a battle or a fight. Sometimes I was in it, sometimes I was, someone was fighting for me, type of thing. We call it intercession. Yeah. <laughs> intercession. Yeah. Yeah. Intercession. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding with you. <laughs> then I was. So when when sometimes you are fighting, when you would uh, get tired, someone else is fighting for you. I mean, this is just powerful. It means we should not stop praying for each other. You know, in the natural, you may feel like nothing is happening, but in the spiritual, I think you saw something that's powerful. You know, that would minister to all of us. Yeah. yeah. Um, then, at some stage, I felt like I was being taken away, like uh, um, going upwards sort of thing. And then there were some people saying, I'm being forced to take you, but I don't want to take you. La, 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 la. Then we get there, and then they wouldn't let me into the place. Then they said, send him back. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, yeah. Like to, to my <laughs> mind, it was awesome. like another hospital. It wasn't really clear where exactly. Wow. Um, but then what I then remember strongly is I was, as I was being pushed down, um, like um, I felt a, a being, sort of not quite skin and flesh, but similar shape to us, but bigger. And there was a light, call it a mix of um, blue and, and yellow. And it, it it was coming from, I remember quite clearly, it was coming from behind, and so I felt it kissed me on the forehead and said, not now. Then I, I felt life come to me, and then I woke up. Wow. But then I, I went to sleep again um, so soon after that. So I thought I was dreaming. And I just, then there was four nurses. They were saying, we saw the light. And then the Holy Spirit was in here, we saw the light. And then I, I, I froze. And like all that was happening was the law was real and the Lord fighting for me and saying, no, not yet. Amen. Not my time. And, and it's all the prayers. I know lots of people were praying, were praying for me. And uh, from my friends and uh, uh, my, my friends' families, who I didn't even know would connect with my situation on that level. Come on. And I just said, Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. And then a lot of things started to make some sense. Mm. <laughs> and I think it was related because um, post now when I was in the, uh, in the physio, uh, um, she, the physio is the same person who does the mechanical works, like with the pipes and the ventilator. And she says, do you know you stop breathing? I'm like, huh? what do you mean? Because now we recorded it, and they showed me the recording. Yeah. And you so, showed me the video. And I, I showed uh, Pastor T and Pastor T the yeah. video. Like, for literally good 30 seconds, there was nothing. It was like a flat line? And yeah, yeah, if you watch the movies. <laughs> <laughs> that thing that goes beep, beep, beep was, was flat. <laughs> so then I said, but why did you record it? I said, we don't understand it. We're going to study it. And uh, when I shared that with Pastor T, he says, they're not going to find the answers in science. Because <laughs> the, the answers are there, but just not in a textbook. They're, 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 they're above. And again, I just said, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. And, and, and amen. And 
I think a lot would be a bit different um, about me from just in terms of how I interface with with faith and the people around me. Um, I think there's a lot more depth and meaning Amen. to how I see the world in life. So Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. And so, so from your perspective, I mean, Ruth, what's, you know, I mean, this recovery starts happening, you know, you're interacting with the doctors. What is their perspective? What's your perspective? Um, the doctors could not explain his recovery, hmm. but I knew it, it was God Come on. because I was standing on his word. I mean, Ruth is a so, woman of faith. I want you to listen to the terminology. Uh, she's not saying, you know, you know I, uh, I was surprised. She's, not, she's saying, I knew. Yes. You know, there's a knowing, there's a certainty that comes with, with faith. And I yes. think that's powerful. There's that peace, you know, that when you take the word of God and you believe it, you put it in your heart, nothing can shake you. No friends, no relatives that come with suggestions that, you know, now look at the situation. We must start, you know, planning ahead you know, nothing, nothing of that sort. You have the energy, the power, the strength to say, no, stop with your negativity. I don't want it. I serve a living God, and that's all, and that's final. My husband is going to be healed, and that's final. I'm not going to start planning a funeral now because the Lord has not said this is how it's going to go. Thank you, Jesus. And, and so the doctors start calling you and say, this is, this is different. Yes, so uh, he got out. They could not believe it. And everyone was amazed, you know. They're like, we, we've never seen such recovery. And I was just like, thank you, Lord. You thank have done it Jesus. for me. And uh, I believed in your word. I just started thanking God because we read of so many people who received miracles in the Bible. So I was just waiting for my miracle. And from that time, we were just praising God. And, you know, you know when God shows up, he shows off. Come on. Because, you know, from the ICU, Mash came straight home. You didn't even need to recover in the hospital. I mean, how many people <laughs> have you heard of that come out of ICU and the next day you're told you can go home? Wow. That's the God Praise we serve. God. By. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so where are we today on the journey of recovery? You told me uh, the last time we spoke, you were walking about three kilometers. Are we on six now? Definitely. <laughs> like five out of seven days, your, his stamina has improved and everything is... Yo. Amen. Yeah. I've lost 15 kilograms. <laughs> <laughs> so in closing, we're going to get this from both of you. You know, what's the one thing you would advise someone? Uh, uh, you know, from your perspective, what's the one thing you'd say? You know, if you find yourself in an impossible situation... Uh, this is what I would advise uh, you do that you've learned from, from this. Those who are watching as well I would uh, online. advise that um, you remain unshaken. Stand on God's promises. Whenever you're faced with trials, just turn to the Bible. There's lots of scriptures that will encourage you. And the devil is not going to stop to try, you know, plant seeds of doubt. You need to shake it off. Because that's the difference. You keeping your faith is the difference between you receiving your miracle and the miracle never manifesting at all. So keep the faith and stand on it day and night. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. From Masha's perspective, it would be marry a praying wife. <laughs> Love you guys. Thank Amen. you so much. Amen. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, shout, this is my Bible.
I believe what he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's word and my life will never be the same. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. So we today, uh, we're moving in the same breath, and we're going to be talking about uh, the grace to transition uh, from being single uh, to being successfully uh, married. Amen. Now, you may be here, and you're saying, well, Tafara, I tried married, uh, marriage. It didn't work, and I'm not planning to get married again. Well, that's awesome. That's great. Uh, you can use this information to help somebody else who may uh, still be on that journey uh, of transitioning from being single uh, to being married. Amen? Or you may say, well, I tried it, it failed. I don't think, uh, you know, I have any more uh, 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 opportunities left for me. I don't think I have a chance uh, uh, transitioning again. Well, let me tell you, our God is a God of restoration. He can restore sevenfold. Amen? What the enemy tried to steal away from you uh, when you tried it and it didn't work, I believe God is restoring sevenfold. Not in the form of seven spouses. <laughs> but in the form of your next marriage is going to be seven times better. Amen. Amen. It's going to be seven times better than your expectations. So we want to uh, minister to the single population of the church. Some of you are already married. You're thinking, man, I'm already uh, uh, married and uh, I'm not sure this is going to apply to me. I think some of it is definitely going to apply to you. Uh, but if none of it applies to you, you can use this information to help somebody else. Amen. So we're going to try and look at it from both perspectives. We're going to look at it from the man's perspective and from the uh, women's perspective. Uh, and to do this... Uh, uh, my beautiful wife is going to help me to talk about uh, transitioning, the grace for transitioning uh, from being single to being married. What Thank you, Jesus. Praise yes. So what we're going to do is we're going to... Amen. You know, in the first service, we left out a scripture. Uh-huh. And I actually thought it would be nice to start on the scripture, if you can read it for me. It's actually in Matthew 19, Matthew 1, 9, verses 11 to 12. And we're going to read it in the message translation, okay? So this is a scripture that's really talking about um, a marriage and really having that aptitude and grace um, if you are to enter into um, the married life. In the Message Bible, Matthew 19, verse? 11 to 12 in the Message Bible. It says, Bible. but Jesus that's said, not everyone is mature enough to live a married life. It requires a certain aptitude and grace. Marriage isn't for everyone. Some from birth seemingly never give marriage a thought. Others never get asked or accepted. And some decide not to get married for kingdom reasons. But if you are capable, watch this now, of growing into the largeness of marriage, do it. To enter God's, well, that's it. Yeah, that's Do it. That, yeah, that's another scripture. But I think this is a perfect place to start, right? And, I, and we do apologize. We didn't, we didn't cover this this morning, or at least in the 8 o'clock service, right? To, to be married requires an attitude. And, and the Bible aptitude. says an aptitude, actually, yeah. and, and really grace, okay? So what we've prepared here is we've prepared 10, I suppose, questions, really, yeah. um, that you can begin to ask yourself if you want to get married, you know, because some people don't want to get married, and that's okay too. Yeah. But if it's you and you're ready for the marriage life, if it's you and you're ready to get into a relationship, 
These are the key questions that really you need to ask yourself to really assess whether or not you're actually ready for this life. You're ready for the relationship and ultimately you're ready for marriage. Okay. So before you even attempt to get into a relationship uh, with the ultimate goal of getting married, uh, we call this the relationship readiness quiz. So when you ask these questions, if you get you know, a good answer to all 10 of them, then it indicates you are uh, ready for a relationship with the ultimate goal of uh, getting married. So we call this, if you're writing down notes, you can write at the top, the relationship readiness quiz. Yeah. These are the questions that you need to ask yourself uh, to see if you're ready for a relationship. And we're going to go through, quickly, we're going to go through 10 of them. And I think awesome. they are very practical. Yeah. They're going to help you determine whether you're ready. Amen. So the first one says, I know what I want, or do I know what I want, yeah. right? That's the question you're asking yourself. I have a clear vision for my life and relationship. I can envision my perfect life in rich detail that feels strong, very real, and keeps me motivated. Mm. Um, Pastor Babe, <laughs> I want you to read, please, um, Proverbs 29, verse 18 in the King James Version, because I think this is a great scripture to start off with. So that's Proverbs 29, verse 18 in the King James Version. Proverbs 29, verse 18. Where there is no vision. You can read it in the King James the King Version James. If, that's, if that's okay. I think it, um, the wording is a little bit different. Um, okay. All right. Okay, but that's fine too. Um, it says, I can where there is no vision, the people perish, mm -hmm. uh, but happy is he who keeps the law. Okay. So it says, for where there is no vision, the people perish. Okay. Another translation of the Bible says, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. In other words, where there's no vision, there's no, there's no discipline, right? So, so that word vision, um, we shared this morning, it means a mental image produced by the imagination. A mental image produced by your imagination. Mm. And so what we're always sharing with um, people that we counsel or people that we mentor um, is, is do you have a vision for your life? You know, have you had some time to sit down with the Holy Spirit and really seek Him for what your vision for your life is? And is that vision clear? You know, is it tangible? I mean, what's your one-year vision? Do you have a two-year vision? Do you have a three, five, ten-year vision for your life? Do you have a vision for your finances and how you're going to manage your finances? Do you have a vision even for your health? Right? I mean, this is quite key. Do you have, you know, you, you may want to be healthy. You may want to have that six-pack. You may want to have that, you know, slim, trim body. But do you have a vision for it? Mm. You know, what are those, what is that vision that you have in front of you that you're going to work towards? Mm. And so this becomes very clear when you're about to enter a relationship. Do you know what you want out of a relationship? Mm. And, and unfortunately, here yeah, I'm speaking to ladies because I believe many ladies know what they don't want. You know, and they haven't really given it the time to think about what is it that I really want out of a relationship. Now, the challenge with this is that, you know, you end up entering in a relationship not knowing what you want, right? And this poor dude <laughs> who you're in a relationship with, I mean, he can't, you, you're never, you know, you're never satisfied. And, and, and he's struggling to understand what, what do you really want out of a relationship. But it's hard for you to articulate because you yourself don't even know what you want. Amen. Okay, so when you're single, this is an awesome time. It's an awesome time to sit back, 
you know, really listen and seek, um, you know, God and the Holy Spirit's wisdom about the, your vision for your life. Amen. Amen. And I think for men as well, uh, you'd, you've got to have a vision because Genesis 2.18, uh, God says it's not good for men to be alone, uh, M-A-N, men to be alone. Uh, I'm going to make him a, a help meet. I'm going to make him a, a, a helper. Now, if you don't have a vision, then you don't need help. Now, if you get help and you don't have a vision, the help is going to get frustrated. You know? And um, here I have to say, as a man, you, you know, before you get into a relationship, one of the first questions you've got to ask is, do I have a vision? Not just for uh, life in general, but you must also have a mental picture for um, the marriage itself. What's your vision for marriage? What, what comes to mind when someone comes to you and says uh, relationship with the opposite sex, uh, with the you know, intention of getting... What comes to mind? Now, for me, I needed a lot of uh, help with that. I needed you know, to fix my mental pictures because I come from a very dysfunctional family. You know, my dad had two wives, you know, and uh, uh, for me, marriage meant two wives. That's the picture that I would get every time you say the word uh, marriage. And in coming to the word of God, it helped shape my mental pictures when it comes uh, to marriage. And I fixed these thought bugs before I met her. Because how many of you know that it's unfair to bring someone into your mess? And so I had to fix my uh, a mental picture, my vision, uh, for the kind of marriage that I wanted. I wanted a, a marriage made in heaven. I wanted something different from what had been modeled, you know, before me. I wanted, you know, I mean, I had completely different pictures. In your, and this is, you know, we're going to share a little bit more about that. But this is why, you know, in my own estimation, I thought, you know, one kid was enough. You know, because to me, I thought, you know what, this is going to be the perfect opportunity for me to give that person, that little one, my everything. Because I didn't want, there's so many things that I had witnessed that I didn't want to bring into this concept of marriage and family. So, as a single person, when someone says, you know, uh, uh, dating, relationship, what comes to mind? Is this just about, you know, going from Shisanyama to Shisanyama with the guy, another guy, and then, you know, what, what is this about? Hallelujah! Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And it's interesting that you should say that because then me, on the other hand, I'd always envisioned my life. I literally had a picture in my mind about, you know, what, what my marriage would be like, right? And I always envisioned having, like, two kids. And so, you know, I was very clear on that vision, right? So when, you know, he came and he said, we want one she kid, I was like, but, you know, I've always envisioned arm. two kids, right? So, so the, I, I suppose the moral of the story is, you know, when you're very clear about what you want, you're not really going to be swayed, you know? You, you can ha um, have a conversation, um, an intelligent and informed conversation with your, um, you, your, your, with your spouse yeah. Um, about, about, you know, where you want to go collectively um, in the relationship and even in your marriage. And so number one, do I know what I want? So you have to know what you want. Number two, I know my requirements. Now, what this means is this. I have a written, written, keyword written. How many people can write? Single people, anybody can write? <laughs> you know, so you don't freestyle it. You don't wing it. This is very important. <laughs> I have a written list of ten 
at least 10 non-negotiable requirements that are used for screening potential partners. I am clear that if any are missing, a relationship will not work uh, for me. Now, these lists of requirements should not be superficial. We're not talking about, you know, I want a yellow bone. <laughs> we're not talking you about know, a skin tone. Know, you, you know, we're not talking about, you know, I want a 178 centimeter tall, tall, dark, and handsome, you know, tall, tall, really tall? Oh, you know, you must have hair, you know? <laughs> you know, or a six-pack. <laughs> Those things are superficial. <laughs> can I add to that? Yes. And those things become less important and actually can unnecessarily limit your dating pool. Because now imagine if... The, I, I, I kind of met or you with hair. beard. <laughs> you know, I mean, these things change, guys. You know, hair doesn't last, okay? And you don't want to unnecessarily limit your dating pool. And so you have to really focus when you're writing down this list, and we really want to highly encourage you, if you're single and you haven't written down at least 10 non-negotiable requirements, do it today. Do it straight off the church, okay? List them down. And this list should really be based on, on character, you know, it should be based on really what God has to say about his word. And I want to encourage you again, number one on this list should be, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Okay, that's very clear. I mean, the Bible is very clear in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14. Amen. It says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. It mm. says, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? Amen. Okay, so this is, this is one list or one requirement that you really just don't want to um, negotiate. Or one requirement that you just don't want to compromise on. So your requirements have everything to do with character. Uh, moral, ethical, and spiritual values, not superficial things. Amen? I said amen. In fact, this usually happens with young uh, Christian uh, ladies who are single. They usually come to me, particularly the ones that come to Faith Through Church. They come to Chippewa and I, and they usually say, you know what, pastors, I think I met him. And we say, amen. What kind of guy is he? They say he's kind, he's respectful, uh, he's loving, nice he comes from a nice family. But pastors, there seems to be one small problem. It's just a small lanyana problem. And I say, what problem is that? And they say, ah, he's not a Christian. And I say to them, you know what? That's a big problem. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? amen. Uh, uh, you know, your, your relationship, your marriage is not meant to be a mission field. You're supposed to grow together. Amen. Amen. So right at the top of your requirements, single people, I believe you should write, he must be a believer. And remember, we said don't compromise on these uh, uh, requirements. Amen. Number three. And that compromise, I want to I wanna stay there a little bit, right? Yeah. Because we, we sometimes get people coming and saying, but you know, can't I just compromise on just a few things? Here's the thing, um, single people. Compromise is not something that happens when you're dating. Compromise should only take place and should only happen if you're in a long, committed relationship. In fact, compromise should really only be the thing that happens in marriage. Yeah. Okay? So these things that you, you're going to put down, you're actually going to put them down so that you can be disciplined. You know, when someone comes through and they just don't meet this criteria, you're not 
going to compromise. Amen. Amen. So number one, we said, know what you want. Number two, do you uh, know your requirements? Number three, here's the question that you should answer, and you should answer it this way. I am happy and successful at being single. In other words, I enjoy my life, my work, my family, uh, my friends, my own company. I am living uh, the life that I want right now. I am not seeking a relationship out of desperation or a need to be fulfilled. Uh, I'm not trying to cure my insecurities uh, with a relationship. Now, this is a very important uh, part because if you are single and sad, you are going to be married and mad. If you are not successful as a single person, you are just going to project that onto somebody else. Amen? So you need to be happy with yourself as a single person. You need to get to a place where you are you're already fulfilled. You, and, and the place, the greater, uh, greatest place to find that is when you find out who you are in Christ. Amen. When you establish your identity in Christ, find out what the Word of God says about you. And when you establish your identity uh, uh, in what Jesus paid for and what He says about you, man, you, you're going to be ready to get into a relationship. Amen. And here I've got to say, you know, there's, there's absolutely no shame in being single. You know, single, singlehood is not, a, is not a curse. You know, it's not a punishment. Yes, Judy, I think it's probably one of the most exciting yeah. and awesome and really fulfilling periods of your life if you have the right attitude. Amen. I mean, it's the time when you get to set some really exciting goals and you really get to pursue them. You know, pursue them wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, we always encourage single people, you know, travel. Travel the world. You know, be open to really meeting new people and um, experiencing new things. I mean, being single is the time when you can go and try out as many restaurants in Johannesburg as you possibly can, you know, yeah. without having to check out if the restaurant has a kiddies gym, right? Yeah. Or child minders. I mean, yeah. it's really amazing. Um, you know, when I was single, I used it as an opportunity to learn a new language. Right? It's an opportunity to learn a new language, to, to, to serve in church. You know, I mean, Pastor Tafara is going to share an amazing testimony um, about Wilma. Yeah, <laughs> Wilma got married, actually, <laughs> She last got married. Week. Amen. Yeah. Praise Thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Amen. I, I mean, when we met Wilma, she was like, what, 20, 18? She, she was She was a little girl. She's like our little baby. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and when she told me, she came to announce to us that, you know, I'm getting married, man. I, you know, instead of celebrating, I, I felt old. <laughs> I was like, wait, Wilma is getting married? I didn't feel that old. That means I'm, I'm a grown man, man. I'm, you know, I'm old. Wilma's getting married. So she got married last week. And I was saying in the first service, they both, her and her husband, they Yasha. both owe me, Yasha and, and Wilma, they owe me a, a commission. Connection Commission. Because oh, yeah. uh, how they met is really interesting. So Wilma took up a, a, a secondment, a volunteer's role at the church. So she started, you know, w uh, she became a part of our staff at the church. So that meant, you know, she would join our Friday meetings at the office, at the, at the church office. So every Friday, 9 o'clock, 9 o'clock, every Friday, 9 o'clock, without fail, we meet as the staff. We pray together. We share things and, you know, we share from uh, God's word and our plans and things that are, we, you know, we are believing God for. And so this guy's office was next to the boardroom that we would meet for our staff meeting. And all of a sudden, this guy would come every Friday without fail to say hello. 
And I thought, he is a kind guy. He is a gentleman. He's coming to say hello no, to all no of he's us. Not. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the ranch, he wasn't saying hello to me. <laughs> I mean, the brother had a plan, amen? He was saying hello and to he, the girl. And he executed. And uh, man, congratulations to the amen. both of them. Amen. Praise <laughs> the Lord, amen. amen. But I think the moral of the story, I mean, she was, she was serving. Yeah. She was serving in God's house. She was serving. She wasn't you coming know, to the staff to meet someone. No. I mean, she was just coming to serve. She was. And, and I think, you know, the, 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 the key takeaway here is, you know, you need to joy, enjoy where you are on your way to going where you want to go, okay? And so I think I really want to encourage someone out here. Instead of focusing, and I know, you know, we have a lot of pressures from society. You know, they're always telling us the clock is ticking. You know, you're like above 40 or whatever. It's, you know, now what yeah. is happening here, right? Uh, 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 and 40 yeah? is the new 30. Yeah, 40 is the new 30. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. I, I mean, like we, we got I'm married in our 30s, actually. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, guys, come on, you know. Chill. Enjoy where you are on your way to going where you want to go and want to be, okay? Amen. And so instead of focusing all of your attention on, I got to get a man, I got to, you know, I got to get married, I got to, you know, I want to encourage you to focus on God. Yes, the you truth. Know? Yes, the truth. For every single person, if you can write this down, write it where you can see it. It's better to be, yeah. uh, uh, it's a thousand, five hundred times better to be single than to be married to the wrong person. Okay. To rust me, you, you know, <laughs> just just enjoy where you are right now. Uh, that 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 uh, uh, pre uh, marriage can turn into a you know prison really fast if it's Amen. the wrong person. So Amen. these are very important. Amen. These are very very awesome. very important. Awesome. Uh, number four. Number four. I am ready and available for commitment. So the key word there with a the single person is that. Uh, uh, ready and available. The word there, keyword is available. You know, a lot of people are, are ready and they're single, but they're not, they are single, but they're not ready to mingle. So a lot of people walk around with a robot, you know, a traffic light for those watching from overseas, uh, and it's on red, and they don't even know it. And the reason why they have a, a, a red traffic light walking around and, and they can't meet anyone or whoever they meet, they can't seem to connect is this. You have to say this if you are ready. I have no emotional or legal baggage from a previous relationship that may cause problems for me in the next relationship. So you have to get rid of uh, uh, emotional and legal baggages emotional more so you know a lot of people carry a lot of emotional baggage into their next relationship and they are not able to love completely they are not able to open up their hearts because they're always thinking this person is just like the other person i gave an example earlier on in the first service that if their uh, ex-husband cheated on them at the uh, sports uh uh, it's a sports uh, a bar watching, you know, rugby. If they use that line to say, you know, I'm going to go out with the boys and watch rugby. If they meet somebody else and they say the same thing, even though this new person is actually going to watch rugby with the boys, what that line triggers certain things and they're like, oh, no, no, here we go again. But the problem is not the people. The problem is the baggage. Amen? Uh, I think it was way back when I was growing up. Some of you may not know this, but... Uh, you know, where, where, where we grew up, there was a, a, a young lady. I think she was prophetic. She sang a song called Beg Lady, Zikwama. Yeah. You know, Zikwama. You know, she, she said, uh, Beg Lady, you got too much stuff. 
carrying all those bags. One day, all them bags going to get in your way. And then she said this. This one is my favorite part. She said, when they see you coming, they take off running. Because, <laughs> you know, the, there's just too much bags. So yeah. we have, you have to make sure you deal with uh, all emotional or legal baggage. If you have gone through a divorce, make sure you've finalized it. So that, you know, you don't uh, bring someone into, yeah. into a mess. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, just to guide you, some questions you need to be asking yourself, you know, um, uh, pertaining to this specific uh, uh, relation, um, the relationship readiness item is, you know, what do, what do I want to change, right? What, what baggage am I, am I carrying around that will hold me back from having the relationship that I truly want? And then you need to be asking yourself, well, well okay, then what behaviors do I need to change? And what key areas do I need to clean up, you know, before I'm ready for a relationship? Okay, Amen. so that's, that's number four. Let's that's move on four. to number, number five. five. I am satisfied with my work, assignment, or career. In other words, my work is fulfilling, supports my lifestyle, and does not interfere with my ability uh, for a new relationship. I mean, we live in a busy world, and time is a problem. And uh, you have to get to a place, again, in making yourself available for a relationship, to a place where you actually have the time to date. You actually have the time uh, to spend some time with someone, learn each other, uh, so that you can progress and transition from a single to uh, to, to marriage. Yeah, this is one I really had to work on because, you know, while I was satisfied in my career, while I was satisfied even in my job, um, I just wasn't making the time available to really get to, um, you know, to understand, um, you know, the person I was dating, PT, <laughs> um, better. So, I mean, I used to work really long hours. I think, you know, I just had no time for him during the week. I'd leave work at 11 p.m. I'm a long-suffering. You know, you're like a long-suffering person. <laughs> and then even on weekends, the time that I'd kind of designated and allocated for him, I'd still probably only meet him in the evenings, right? Because I'd be busy working, right? And so really I had to make that um, equality decision that, you know, if I wanted to be in this relationship, I was somehow just going to have to make the time for it. And this also took me, you know, uh, going to my boss and also talking about these things with my fellow coworkers. And just telling them, you know, look, I need a little bit more flexibility. So I can't be here with you until 11 p.m., you know. I need to go on dates, you know. I need to get to know this person, you know, because I really like them. And, I, and I'm just not finding the, the time. And the amazing thing is they were so receptive and they were so open to it, okay. So you need to be really intentional about it. You may enjoy your job. Your job may even be your life. But you need to ask yourself, if you want to be in a relationship Quality time, spending that time, making that time available for the person that you're dating is, is key. It's very important and, I mean, and you need to prioritize this. Even after you get married, this is one thing that, you know, all of these 10 keys continue on uh, in marriage. Man, you find yourself uh, a husband, a wife with these 10. Man, you're going to be, you, you're on your way up. Amen. Amen. Number six, I am healthy in mind body and spirit. In other words, my physical and mental uh, and emotional health does not interfere with uh, having the life and relationship that I want. I am reasonably uh, happy and I feel good. In other words, I am not full of drama. <laughs> so I read all of that, just you simply put, yeah. I am just, I am, I'm, you know, I'm reasonably happy and I feel good. I'm not going to, you know, cut someone's clothes 
you know, I'm not going to scratch someone's car. I'm not out to, yep. you know, cut someone's yep. tires. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I've, I've worked on that, and I've dealt with all of that, and I'm at a reasonably good uh, place emotionally, uh, mentally, and physically. Amen. Yeah, no, no dramas and, 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 and no issues, please, you know. I love that word issues because that word issues just it's, it's really means it's you, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, you. it's you, okay? It's you. Issues, it's you. <laughs> you know, you are the one with issues, not your, you know, your previous relationships, et cetera, et cetera. You, you know, you need to deal with your issues. Um, and I think here I've got to say, you know, there are times when you really do have to embrace that, that season of singleness instead of, you know, rushing to another, to another relationship. So there's times that call for, for a detox, you know. We said in the, in, the, in the first service, we said there are times that, you know, it calls for, for a heatox, you know, from a, for a she-tox, you know, just to let God just heal you yeah. and prepare you for your next um, relationship. Psalm 147 verse 3 says, God heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds, curing their pains and, the, and their sorrows. Come on. And so sometimes you just need to take that time out from relationships and let God heal you. Let God bind up your wounds. Let God just prepare you for the next season of, of being in a relationship or, or dating. Amen. Awesome. And the next one, number seven, we have to go really fast. Yeah, Our time do. is fast spent. Uh, my financial and legal business is handled. I have no financial or legal issues that would interfere with having the life and the relationship that I want. We put financial there because money is the number one reason people divorce. And notice I didn't say a lack of it or having it. Just money. If you don't have a good relationship with money, you don't establish during your singleness, uh, while you're still single, how to have a good relationship with money. In fact, you know, we were counseling someone, and uh, they just came to Chippewa and I, and they said, you know, I have a problem. What's the problem? They said, every time I see money in my account, I just want to spend it. <laughs> Man, you, how many of you know that that's a problem? Yeah. And you don't want to bring someone into that mess, you know? So you have to deal with all of that. All of your financial, legal business has to be handled as a single person. If you have a 500,000 rand uh, credit. In fact, that was a real uh, a yeah, problem. No, it you was know, a real issue, you know, right? At Edgar's. Absolutely. So we, we were counseling a couple who, I think they've been married for about a year, and they wanted to apply for a mortgage on the house. And that first time after a year, the wife, well, they, their mortgage got declined. And the reason why is because the guy had been blacklisted. And, and, and that was the very first time the wife actually even knew that there was an issue around blacklisting. I mean, and I mean, he got blacklisted for uh, Edgar's having yeah, 500,000 debt on and clothes. And I mean, the know? brother was looking good. I mean, though. he was looking good, but, but I don't was, think at was, the end of the day <laughs> his wife appreciated oh, the man, good lookingness, right? Yeah, and so all the legal business. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. You know, if you're going to get into a relationship, make sure all your legal business is taken care of. If you're on... On, on probation. Yeah, if you've got a warrant out for your arrest, if you, are wanted. you know, it would be a good idea to let the people, let, the person know, who you're wanted. dating know, you know, <laughs> if you, you know, if you've got a court case pending, you know, we need to be honest yeah. and we need to be open in communicating with each other. Guys, if you are struggling to keep a job down, you know, maybe you've been fired from your 20th job. Yeah. You'd like, you, it would be a good idea, you know, to let the person who you're dating know. Oh, no, no, know. you shouldn't even date. I mean, huh? this is okay, a yeah, relay. You're not ready. Well, they should okay? be there, you know. <laughs> just, just, just wait for your turn. Do your time. And maybe when you come out, uh, 
that if they're still here. Amen. Amen. Here's another one. This one is very important. Number eight. If you're taking down notes, here's number eight. Relationship readiness quiz. My family relationships are functional. Are your family relationships functional? My relationships with my children, uh, my ex, uh, siblings, parents, 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 and extended family do not interfere with having the life and the relationship that I want. Listen, if you don't have a relationship with your mom and dad or if your relationship with your mom and dad is out of sync, it's a sign you're not ready for any other relationship. Because the only relationship in the Bible that comes with a commandment, at least. All the other relationships you can freestyle. But this one, when it comes to your mom and dad, it comes with an instruction both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Scripture says, honor your father and your mother so that your days may be many uh, on the earth. So if there is one relationship you need to at least work on, it's a relationship with your uh, biological uh, uh, parents, and it's going to take one word uh, for that relationship to be functional again. And this word is humility. But Pastor T, you don't know what they did to me. You know, the Bible, unfortunately, doesn't say honor your father and your mother if they only treat you right. It just says honor them. Honor your father and your mother. So if, 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 if you uh, are not getting along with them, you don't have a functional relationship with your mother and father, man, you're going to have to uh, find a store where you can buy a big truckload of uh, humility, uh, trade in your ego while you're at it, and then come home with some humility. You may have to apologize <laughs> for things that you didn't do. Just to get that relationship going again. It's going to set you free from a lot of things. <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to get an amen on this point. Come no on, amen, Pastor. No standing ovation, <laughs> nothing. You amen. know, I knew, you know. When it comes to your parents, man, you're going to have to honor them. Yeah. When it comes to your mom and dad, if you can't work that relationship, it's going to be hard for you to work this relationship. It's going to be very hard for you. Because remember what Jesus said uh, in the book of Matthew. He said marriage takes a, uh, it, the largeness of marriage. Man, marriage will stretch you. Uh, the, the, the best place uh, to get the uh, fruit of the Spirit drawn out of you, drilled out of you, marriage. beaten out of you sometimes, <laughs> is in the marriage relationship. Now, if you haven't learned... Uh, to function in the uh, parents. You know what? Your parents will always love you. It doesn't matter what you do. Even if you do them, they're always going to forgive you. They're always ready to have you back. They're always ready to forgive you and to get that relationship. If you can't work that relationship, it's going to be hard for you to work a relationship with someone who's ready to drop you. <laughs> oh man, some of these boys, some of these girls, man, they're just ready, <laughs> ready to trade you in for a, a newer model. <laughs> okay, Amen. that's a bit harsh. <laughs> but um, you know, if you're also on the other side, you know, of the of the relationship, and you want to enter into a relationship with someone who's evidently and obviously. Uh, disrespectful to their family, you might want to reconsider to their parents. It's a sign. Because really we learn, you know, through, through two things. We learn from observation and investigation. You know, and I think, PT, I mean, maybe you can share. Like, guys will always let you know, like, who they are yeah, at the end of the yeah. day, right? So usually, you know, when people are dating, 
they always send a representative, both, you know, mostly guys. They send a good guy and to, you know, treat you well, open doors. Yeah. I mean, this guy will roll a, 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 a red carpet, flowers every day. Uh, but one thing they can't hide from you is if they have a dysfunctional family, uh, a dysfunctional relationship with their family member, their mom or their siblings, because they're always looking for a soundboard. So, you know, while they're treating you right, they m it may come out of their mouth, you know, but, you know, my dad or my mom, you know, you yeah. know is, who, who does she think she is? And man, it's a sign. It's a sign. Okay. Amen? It's a sign. And, and when they are that kind of person, and, and really it's very important because if, if you decide you're going to go ahead and just get married to that kind of a person who doesn't honor their parents, when you and them are going to want some advice, some counsel, man, if they can't respect their parents, trust me, it's going to be difficult to find another authority in the earth. I mean, if they don't respect their own mom and dad, it's going to be hard for you to find someone to come in and help resolve uh, that relationship. But if they are respectful to elders, they are respectful to authority, it becomes easy because if someone else comes who uh, is an authority in that uh, area, who uh, is respect, uh, respectable, if an uncle comes, in fact, I was dealing with this issue. This, was, this broke my heart. I was dealing uh, with uh, an issue that was progressing very fast towards a divorce. And uh, so we decided we were going to get the uncles involved. So we got one of the uncles involved, and he was going to drive all the way from Pretoria to come and, you know, have a chat with these uh, guys. And uh, when he came, uh, one of the, you know, uh, people involved just didn't show up. It was because they didn't have that kind of respect and regard for authority. I mean, here's an uncle. I mean, in, the, in our culture, I don't know in, in your culture, Lisa and, and Julie, but in our culture, an uncle is a high-ranking position. Now, especially Serious if it's an elder. uncle uh, from your in-law's side. I mean, when the uncle shows up, you stop everything you're doing just to go and yeah. hear what the uncle... I mean, he dropped the uncle like, like it yeah. was hot. Yeah. And I mean, these are red flags. These are things you need to be looking out for um, well before you get married, you know, in the dating phase. And, and run, you know, if, if, if you see some of these things uh, popping run. up. But number nine, it says, I have effective dating skills. In other words, I know how to date, right? Yeah. And this means I initiate contact with people I want to meet and disengage from people who are not a match for me. I keep my physical and emotional boundaries, and I balance my heart with my head with potential partners. I think what's wow. important here is uh, to note that this uh, point here, we carefully put it together this way, that I have effective dating skills, or do you have effective dating skills? We didn't say, do you have effective uh, uh, marriage skills, because we haven't even gotten to marriage. Amen? And I think a lot of uh, women, this one is for women mostly, a lot of women are so obsessed with the destination of marriage that they short-circuit the whole process. The uh, journey to marriage is in four stages. The first one is dating. The second one is courtship. The third one is engagement. And the last one is marriage. Now, if you don't know how to function in dating, it's going to be hard for you to transition into courtship and into engagement. In fact, you will short-circuit the thing while you're still mm. dating. A yeah. lot of uh, women, I don't know whether it's pressure from society, they are so obsessed with marriage, mm. they just can't go out to have ice cream. No, you know, can't. on your first date to have ice cream, they're already asking, but when are you getting married? <laughs> <laughs> and Pastor, I think that the, the challenge here 
is people don't understand what the purpose of dating is. Yeah. Now, we're going to give this one to you for free, but the, you date so that you can establish whether there's chemistry between the two of you. Yeah. You know, you date so that you can establish, do I actually like this person? Yeah. You know, am I able to laugh with this person? Yeah. Am I able to do life with this person, okay? Mm. And so, you know, sad to say, um, Pastor Tafaris, I think, hit the nail on the head. A lot of women, you know, we, even, we disqualify ourselves right at the dating phase. You know, because we've come to the very first date and we, you know, we're going to treat it like a job interview. Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm a hotshot uh, CEO and, you know, in my career. Yeah. So I'm going to come my first date and I'm going to interview With him. List. Yeah. You know, so I've got my list of questions. You know, I'm going to ask him, you know, all of this stuff. And meanwhile, all the guy wants to do is get to know you. I mean, he doesn't even know what you like. Yeah. You know, he doesn't even know what your favorite color is, yeah. you know. But you're already coming out there and you're already, um, you know, being quite uh, aggressive in your first approach. And unfortunately, you disqualify yourself right at the dating stage. And, and here I also have to say, this is where we encourage, you know, group dating. Now, group dating is not uh, you getting together with friends and say, we are group dating. No, that's not how it works. Group dating looks like this, you know. You go, you go to life group. And then at live group, you have a bri. Yeah. And, you know, you're like, okay, I think, yeah, I think they're nice. Oh, but, you know, they have a short fuse. Then something, you know, happens that, oh, man, they take off. You're like, oh, yeah, thank God, you know, it didn't get to uh, personal dating. You can pick up certain things through group dating. They went to uh, bowling on uh, two weeks ago. They were, you know, bowling. And, man, you watch, observe this, this guy doesn't take lo He doesn't want to lose graciously. I mean, now no one can go home anymore because no one can go home anymore because he lost. Now we have to play another. We have to play another game. We have to play one more game. And then it you. sounds so you, familiar. Uh, he get, he, he, get, he, <laughs> he loses that one. Uh, let's play one more. He loses that one, excuses. I, you know, I actually hurt my hand when I was, man, that's a sign. You know why? Because this is just a sign in games. This person, even when they are wrong in, a, in an argument, in marriage, oh, here's a news flash. You, you know, when you get married, there's a thing that's almost going to happen called argument. <laughs> the single people are like, what? You're, gonna do, you, you, you're not going to see, uh, they call it the, the, the uh, uh, passion fellowship of the saints. Passionate, passionate, passionate fellowship, fellowship of the, of the saints. saints. Yes. Yeah. So you're, gonna, you're not going to see eye to eye on everything, but if, if this person doesn't fight fair at bowling, trust me, they're not going to fight fair in marriage. They're not going to listen. They're going to bring up all kinds of excuses, all kinds of weird stuff. I mean, you're dealing with an issue of communication. They, yeah, but that's why you failed geography. Right. You know, they're just going to become vindictive. And, and man, you don't want you to be with someone like that. So, Amen. Amen. You know, here you have to develop effective yeah. dating skills. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that you are able to transition from uh, dating, to right, marriage. to courtship. courtship, right, to engagement, and then uh, marriage. Amen. So we know most of you Christian ladies make good wives, but unfortunately it doesn't start off at the wife stage. It starts off at dating. If, yeah. you, are, if you can make a good wife, but you d can't make a good friend, Man, it's going to be difficult to get to that stage. Yes, yes. 
so you will short circuit the thing. Absolutely. And finally. And, and I think I want to add to that because this is a skill. It's called a dating skill. It's yeah. I think you, we, we started off this, this particular point saying I have effective dating skill. Right? Yeah. So this is something you can grow in. And what's so awesome about being a part of Faithful Church is there's so many um, godly marriages here. There's so many people who are married and they're absolutely loving it. So there's nothing wrong with you going up to a couple, going, guys, going up to another guy who's like happily married and saying, how did you date your wife? You know, what are some of the things that you, you did, you know? Can you give me some tips? And, and ladies, there's nothing wrong with going up to a woman who's successfully married and say, how, do you, how did you date? Like, what did you do on your, on your first date, you know? Mm. The, the, the purpose is to learn and to, and to really grow, you know? You, we, we don't all start off with great dating skills. We probably, yeah. some of us don't even have the skill, right? Yeah. But through learning and through being open-minded and really just humble, you can go and ask, you know, you, there's material you can read but I think the most important way you can learn is to ask you know it's through relationship seek out people who are you know happy in their marriage and go and ask them you know people are always happy and they're always willing to share amen amen and finally um, I have effective relationship skills so the previous one was dating skills uh, the next one is relationship skills what are we talking about here I have an understanding or I understand relationships and can maintain uh, closeness and intimacy, communicate authentically, uh, assertively, uh, negotiate differences uh, positively, allow myself to trust and be vulnerable, and can give and receive love without emotional uh, barriers. And like you know, Chipo said, uh, the key word here is skills. It's going to take a skill uh, for you to maintain that relationship. And relationship goes all the way, and dating, unfortunately, or fortunately, goes all the way from uh, the dating phase all the way into your marriage. Man, you still should be dating your wife. You still should be having a relationship, functional, exciting uh, relationship with your wife. Marriage is both the institute and uh, the relationship. A lot of people are very good at the institute of marriage. Now, institute represents the, the structure of marriage. What does the marriage look like? What are the different roles in a marriage relationship? The father is the head of the house. The wife submits to the father. And the wife, you know, takes care of the uh, 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 home, the children, and, and things of that nature. The father has his own responsibility. Uh, there's division of labor in a marriage relationship. That's the institute uh, of the marriage. But there's also the relationship of marriage, which is the chemistry and the connection between a husband and a wife. A lot of people have mastered the institute uh, to the neglect of the relationship. And some have mastered the relationship to the neglect of the institute. Yeah. So when you show up to that place, man, the wife is running that one and the kids are the boss, actually. The kids are telling everyone what to do and where they're going to go. For. I mean, the thing is a mess. It has no structure. We need both. We need a balance. You need the institute uh, of marriage and you also need the relationship of, of marriage. Don't lose uh, the chemistry uh, between the two of you, but it takes a skill for you to maintain uh, that chemistry. Yeah. And again, these are skills you can grow in, right? Yeah. It's like a job. On a job, they send you to certain courses so that you can grow in your abilities and so that you can get promoted, right? So relationship skills are something you we, we need to be intentional. And I think that's probably the word I'd summarize all of the 10, uh, 10 requirements. It's am I intentional about wanting to change? Am I intentional about wanting to develop my, my skills right. um, when it comes to relationships? So, I mean, my story. I mean, I 
was bad at listening, right? Mm. Really bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd like um, finish off his sentences. I'd cut people, you know, halfway when they're talking. Yeah, you're husband. a long suffering Hallelujah. husband. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I deserve an iPhone. Yeah, 12 you deserve all of that. For too. Christmas. Okay. We'll talk about that at home. <laughs> was that a hint? <laughs> I mean, I was really bad. I think I used to, um, I wasn't listening. I'd already have my answer before, you know, he's finished speaking. I already had the, you know, the response to what I'd say before he'd even finished talking, right? And so, you know, when this became apparent to me, and again, it's very important to have mentors in your life. It's very important to have people who just speak the truth into your life, right? When this became apparent in me, again, I had to make a decision, you know? Was I going to carry on the same, or was I really going to, you know, work hard at changing so that I could, um, you know, help develop in my relationship and just help develop a skill that was really going to help me in my marriage, right? And, and I, chose, I chose to develop the skill, you know? I chose to continuously ask him. I mean, I ask him, like, am I, you know, are you, are you feeling like you're listened to, <laughs> right? Because the goal and the aim is to, is to grow, right? To grow in your skill so that you can become a better person and so that you can grow in your relationship, in your marriage, and even you in know, your relationship with and others. And, and just like any other skill in life, you're not just going to have, uh, you know, the, the skill to play football, fall on you like ripe mangoes falling off a tree. You, it's not going to happen. That's you have right. to go to training. You have to go on a certain regimen. You have to do certain things. If you are going to have a relationship skills, relationship skills, both, you know, while you're still dating, and in marriage, more so in marriage, you have to become, uh, uh, you have to have a PhD in knowing your spouse. You, you, you have to study them. You have to study what they like. And here's the cool thing is that what they like changes uh, uh, as they grow older. It changes, you know. We, and just we, seasons we, in their life, right? Seasons so in their lives, things change. You, you like you know, when you're single, you have different things that you like, different ways in which you want um, your spouse to show you your lo love. When you're married, it changes. When the children leave, it changes. I mean, you yeah. change as a person. So yeah. the things that you liked before should, should also change, And right? so, you know, we have this course that we have in the church for married people uh, that we do every year. And in that course, you know, Marwan Tinashe, you know, run that department that, that uh, they have a course every, sometimes twice a year, three times a year. And uh, for married people, and in that course, they have what they call the five uh, love languages test, you yeah. know, by Gary Chapman. Yeah. And these love languages are, you know, quality time, uh, gifts, words, okay. words, words of, of affirmation. Uh, you have to help us here, Maru. We forgot Touch, physical oh touch. <laughs> and what's the fifth one? Acts of service. Acts of service. Yeah. So these are the, Thank you know, you the five, you know. And, 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 and here's the, the mistake most of us make is that we come and we attend that class and we do that test and you find out, you know, uh, actually my wife's uh, uh, love language is words of affirmation. And then you say, okay, I got it. This is the man, usually. Yeah, I got it. Thank you, Jesus. And then, you know, next year she says, but I like chocolates. I like gifts. <laughs> and you're like, no, you don't. It's like I do. No, you don't. <laughs> says, how come you say I don't? Because I was there last year at that class. We took the test. And you <laughs> said through your own mouth that you want words of affirmation. So you're going to be words of affirmation till death. No, no. People change. People grow. 
And you have to have a PhD. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. Not just an undergrad, not just a master's. You have to have a PhD in studying and understanding how to minister to your spouse when you eventually get married. I mean, this thing goes all the way to uh, the, the marriage relationship between a husband and a, and a wife. You know, we, you, you have to know their uh, shoe size. You know, I see, I see all amen. the men. I see all the men. You know, like yeah, Pastor. Ooh, yeah, I'm thinking. You have to know their shoe size. You have to know their favorite color, their favorite, uh, you know, food. It changes. You know, it changes with seasons. When we were still dating, you know, she asked me what my favorite food was, and I wasn't too comfortable to say, you know, my real favorite food. No, you, didn't. you know, so I, I said it was lasagna. You know, I had to find, uh, you know, lasagna. And then we got married, and, and, and she started making lasagna. And I said, you know what? Let me tell you, actually, my favorite food is pop. pop Let me tell you the truth. My favorite pop food is pop and, and beef, beef stew, stew mixed with, uh, with vegetables. It must be mixed together with vegetables and cooked for a long time. Amen? <laughs> and, and I said, that's my favorite food, you know. And she said, but you said lasagna. I said, man, I was just trying to impress you. <laughs> So there's I think no way I think, I think probably there's, a, have I think there's a lesson there. It's also about honesty. Right? Yeah. I mean, if your love language has changed, tell the brother. You, tell you the know, brother, yeah. <laughs> you know, if things have changed, let someone know. So let's be honest in our relationships. As Amen. Well. So Amen. that was the last one. You have to learn uh, these relationship skills. For those of you who are married, man, I highly recommend taking a refresher course together just to learn. Uh, each other, you know, to, to be reminded of how important these things are. I think every year we have this class running. It may come uh, phrased as the premarital class, but really what it is is the marriage class. It's going to teach you how to communicate. We found out through that class that you know, the men, actually, we found out that 70% uh, of communication was nonverbal cues. You know, we didn't know that. You know, I didn't know that at least. So I thought if I'm watching the game and my ears are open, I'm not wearing any headphones and she's talking, I'm listening. I found out, you know, that no, you're not. You have to listen with your eyes. You have to listen with your teeth, your expressions. You have to listen with your entire body. And I had to learn that in that class. So it comes really highly uh, recommended. And uh, please put your name down uh, if you want to attend uh, the, the one in the next year. We, they will start advertising when they're running that class. But, man, if you're single, this is the 10 questions you should ask yourself just to see if you're ready for a, a, a committed, mutually beneficial uh, relationship that will end up uh, at the altar in marriage. Amen.
We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. Music